Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, our new podcast series. We're going to be speaking with Chris Taylor of Great Bear Resources. Hi, Chris. How are you? Great. How's it going, Matt? Yeah, good. Sorry. <laughs> Matt, it's good. How formal you want me that's, no, that's fine. That's fine. Matt's good. Um, so we, we spoke, wow, about what, six weeks ago now, seven weeks ago um, in London. You've yep. been all around the world. We've seen you on all sorts of interviews um, telling the story, which is great. Um, but we wanted to get a, so an update on you know what's been going on. So can we just start with like a two-minute two minute helicopter view, uh, and then we'll kind of kick off with some questions. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so uh, since we met the last time, I believe I was in London uh, meeting with some groups that had wanted to meet with Great Bear. Uh, so we've effectively begun our drill program again. We've upscaled it to about 60,000 meters. I believe we were talking about that before. Um, I think we had about a two-week hiatus when we were waiting for snow to, to, to thaw out and everything. Now we're back drilling again. And um, we have several drill holes that are completed uh, since that time. I believe in terms of results that are public, um, we had uh, some very nice intercepts that we hit by drilling deeper into our main targets. Uh, that was really nice for us to see because um, Red Lake, the area that we're working, is well known for having these deep-seated high-grade gold deposits. So uh, we seem to be seeing the same characteristics, which bodes really well for us over the long term. And because you've been, you, you were talking about like 800, 800 meter um, drilling before, and when you say deep, you mean deeper than that? Uh, we keep uh, initially we step out uh, sort of further along strike to make the zones broader and then uh, we go down in the new areas and that's what we've done is effectively the areas that we already knew about we've gone down deeper uh, we had some 30 meter 100 meter step downs and we've made them longer as well so they're growing in both directions right okay so you, I mean we kind of I would like to get into the kind of robust strategy that you've, you've employed here because that's different from you know a lot of the companies we talk to um, but let's start off, nice generic one. What's happening with the gold market? Oh God, this is the question I dread getting all the time. So um, I don't have a crystal ball. I hate having to prophecy over gold prices. It's basically, uh, I think these days there's a bit of a boost off of uh, Trump's latest tweets or uh, policy maneuvers vis-a-vis -vis China. Um, if you ask me how that's going to turn out over the long term, I'm a geologist. I find the gold in the ground. I don't dictate the market pricing for the material. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, no, it, no, it's a difficult question. You know, everyone's struggling with it because all the norms, the conventional norms as to what dictates, you know, gold succeeding because we need safe haven and all of that, uh, doesn't seem to be working yeah. anywhere. The rules, the, the old rules, don't seem to be applying. Um, but even with regards to what's going on in, in, with, with regards to the, your, I mean, your shares, the, 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 the trading has been, you know, since we've seen you, it's come, it's come off a bit, it's come back a bit. Um, the retail guys speculating heavily about what's going on, what's not going, and of course, <laughs> you know, and 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 of course, you know, some of them would claim to be great technically, and uh, others great financially, but they're the guys that affect the movement in the share price, right? So yeah. how do you get the balance between focusing on what is a very strong institutional and you know, uh, high net worth uh, investor base and the retail guys? I mean, how, how do you manage that dynamic? Uh, that's a, 
it's actually a really good question. It's something we have to think about, obviously, as the company doing this work. So um, our primary growth strategy is to drill off our zones in a way that um, the larger, more sophisticated investors want to see. So um, effectively, if we were like many of our peers, uh, we would hit the highest grade material and then drill a dense pattern around it and uh, try to duplicate those numbers as much as possible. There's various deposits I'm aware of that uh, are effectively, they're cloning drill holes. Our strategy is to show the scope and size of what we're dealing with, and that's the strategy that will yield the long-term benefits, and that's what we're doing. So if you look at our long sections, our cross sections, our drill patterns, it's all to show size, scope, regional significance, and ultimately, if we're successful, um, we're going to show that the Dixie project can be a world-class deposit. It's an early discovery. We're not there yet, but every drill hole that goes in shows that kind of potential. That's really our long-term strategy, and we're quite different from many other companies out there with that strategy, frankly. No, for, for, for sure, and like I say, I want, I want to come on to that because I, you know, when, I, when you first told me about it, it just made perfect sense to me, but I, I'm a certain type of investor, okay? Um, mm -hmm. So let's, I want to talk to you, I want to get into this because, you know, you tell your technical story extremely well to lots of people. But I want, I want to focus on this aspect, which is mm -hmm. institutional investors, they are presumably slightly better uh, informed, better trained, you know, in, in terms of their ability to interpret what you're doing than retail. who perhaps don't have access to the information or the necessary, um, um, you know, the, the ability to interpret technically. Um, so what do, what do your institutional shareholders ring up and talk to you about? Because you've got a great relationship with them. So they know your strategy, but what are their concerns when you get on that monthly phone call? Well, there's a series of uh, check boxes that we continue to check off, right? So uh, they all have a similar viewpoint uh, from that perspective. They're looking for continuity of grade, high grade, what ultimately deposit grade will be. Um, and then they're looking for size. And when they see all of these things um, continually verified with the ongoing drilling, it's very easy for new companies to make a discovery where they generate good intercepts. That happens uh, frequently, not all the time, but frequently. Mm -hmm. Most of those deposits don't go anywhere because they just lack the size and scale. Um, I know I've used this number before, but it's something like about um, um, well, well over 90% of all global gold deposits are under a couple million ounces of gold. What we want to be able to show these people is that we have potential for significant size. And that means systematic drilling, systematic growth. Um, and it's very different um, in terms of strategy than what we would do if we were feeding a market per se, a retail base uh, with assays. Ultimately, there is compatibility, there is overlap. I mean, when I was in school, we looked at something called a Venn diagram. A Venn di diagram is two big circles that overlap each other and the intervening space, um, you know, you can do a mathematical equation that shows how much they overlap. There is overlap between the retail and institutional base, uh, but it's not 100%, right? So uh, we focus on the big scale potential showing companies showing funds that we um, may have the big size goods. Right. right? So, but th th this, I guess this comes back to, I guess, I guess we want to, we're going to talk about strategy here. So you are kind of famous, uh, certainly in terms of the company I, I've looked at for not wanting to put out a, a resource yet. Okay. And mm -hmm. I, I get it. Um, mm -hmm. The institutional guys get it. Retail mm -hmm. guys, some do, <laughs> some don't. <laughs> 
Um, you know, again, so how how are you managing that dialogue? I mean, I, I'm just wondering how you talk to this audience because it's less it's less sophisticated, but never that no, you know no, no less passionate about you know your uh, company and what you're doing. But it seems to me you keep having to tell that story and explain it and justify it. I mean, how do you, how do you do that? Well, with some, I mean, what I would say, um, this is my frank answer as Chris, right? This is Chris who has made and lost a lot of money in the markets over the years, yeah. uh, who has also been involved with putting three mines into production uh, with my former employer, Imperial Metals. So I would say to everybody that uh, is in a rush, um, when you start to see us um, get a resource out in the public space, we are starting to have an idea about the size of certain parts of the system. The longer it takes us to get to that point, the bigger it is. <laughs> so this is it. I mean, we're not in a rush because if you're on a big system, we're looking at gold over many kilometers. Uh, so we see strike extent of many kilometers along the project. We have a uh, roughly a 20 kilometer long primary target and a number of secondary targets, which are several kilometers long, each of which we've only drilled a few of these so far. So when we come to market with a resource eventually, um, mm. it will be uh, under the understanding that it's characterizing a portion of the project mm. and it'll be in the context of what the global scope of that is. So the retail investors that are in a rush, in a way, by us taking longer, it's a very good sign. It's like, and, and we get this also, uh, just to speak to a similar point, mm -hmm. it comes down to getting assay results. And in our case, um, a lot of the time when we take a while to get assays to market, it's because we've got, uh, in our case, high grade gold. And what that means is, um, you know, we saw in our early news releases during discovery, for instance, we had one piece of rock. I remember looking at this in drill core and I'm digressing a little bit. I'm sorry. To no, take a I appreciate answer. it. It's great insight. Yeah, but what we saw was we saw a chunk of drill core that had the most gold of any sample on the property and visually. So uh, we looked at it, we thought this is really an exceptional sample. This was actually part of our hinge zone discovery. When it came back from the lab from assay, it was one, one and a half grams per ton. <laughs> so it was one of the lowest grade samples that we'd done. So what it turned out, and we've now fixed this process uh, with the labs, but there was so much gold in the sample, it just wasn't able to go into the assay machine because gold is very malleable and ductile. So when you try to grind up the rock, you end up with a ball of gold that doesn't make it into the machine and you don't get any of the gold reporting into the assay result. We fixed that. We now do gravimetrics uh, assays. We do metallic screens. Um, sometimes when it takes us longer than we expect to get assays back it's because we're dealing with very high grade numbers and frankly this happened in our last news release we had a sample that came back 200 grams per ton right that we published uh, so is, these are bonanza grade uh, gold results um, the initial assays uh, when they come back from the lab were very much lower so we have procedures in place that catch um, you know underreported gold and we make sure that that doesn't happen but when when you have to assay something three times uh, that's a delay so it's one of these things in terms of publishing resource or getting assays out to market um, uh, I often get the question from the retail investors oh, drill must have missed you must not hit anything um, I can almost guarantee you with this project it's almost the 180 degree opposite yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. just the way it is um, it's big there's lots of gold. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, crikey, you talk about being in the right postcode. You're in the right postcode. It's you, you're going to hit a significant amount of times. I'm I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah. So, like, so what I'm yeah. hearing there is the the message to retail, and I, you know, our views are retail high net worth family offices. You know, we, we we're trying to help 
educate them and talking to people like yourself and you know, you know get an understanding of the process so they feel more comfortable um, in, in, in investing in projects like this okay so what I'm hearing is we can calm down a bit don't need to worry it's actually good news that if, if results uh, you know a little bit slower coming back it's probably a good thing because of the the type of project which you've got the process that you're doing the strategy that you have engaged yeah so it can it can yeah. be. okay I, typically yeah um and we've been drilling constantly right we're now well over 100 drill holes into this project but it's very early days i would just remind everybody that in august of last year um you know the company was sitting at about a 10 million dollar market cap or, or or somewhere in that range and it was because um we're very early in the drilling process we've now been drilling constantly over that intervening nine month period um well over 100 holes on the project so far we're increasing the number of drill rigs it should help uh, get assays to market um you know every two weeks to every four weeks it'll be sometime in that in that framework um but you know as we drill more zones as we drill deeper holes deeper holes take longer to drill and they take longer to assay so bringing in extra drill rigs like we've announced we're tripling the number of drill rigs from last year we're up to three mm. um so that will definitely help um yeah. i would just encourage people that real discoveries it, there's just only so fast we can drill it. This is a real discovery. Um, we're drilling it as fast as as aggressively as possible, and it keeps expanding. So if if you're interested in our progress, pre, please follow it that way. The value uh, comes in on these things once the um, boxes are are checked off with the large companies and with the the large funds, right? And that's the process that we're going through right now. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's a great point to make, actually, Chris, because you know there are companies which are pumping the share price in 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 the different ways that they can pump the share price, and it's kind of it can be short termism. Yeah. Um, you are building this thing out to be attractive to be either taken out or get into production, obviously. You'll give me that answer, won't you? You got you're definitely going into production because uh, you've got to build it that way. <laughs> you know, um, you don't want that. You don't want that uh, discount if you tell people you're going to be selling. So, I, um, I I like the rigor that you put into the process and the decision not to you know get distracted with you know resource numbers or worrying about the price on a day to day basis. It it does though mean that you attract different sorts of investors a slightly longer hold investor because you're saying to people we're building for the future would you would you agree with that would you say that's the kind of audience that you might attract or not audience share shareholder you might attract yeah i would say that is very much a focus and i know we've talked about this before but great bear it's like a decadal project for me i got yeah. involved with it back in 2010 yeah, um we're not um, we're long-term. We are long-term shareholders. We are the ultimate long-term shareholders. We like to see like-minded participation because value comes in, uh, in some cases, with patience. And uh, if you had... Um, if you had sold out of Great Bear last year, we went from, I believe it was about 10 cents at the beginning of the year to 60 cents mid-year. If you had just settled on the triple that you would have got at that point, you would have missed out on the subsequent run. Likewise, right now, if we continue to be successful 
and you uh, lose track of the progress and the growth in the company right now, you would not be exposed to any of the potential upside for all the next stages of the project, you know, once we're further than nine months into the discovery. So how many more discoveries are there to be made on the project? This is something we don't know yet, but we keep finding more gold. We keep expanding the system. I think it's very early days in this story. And we want to keep the share structure tight. And this speaks to your point of long-term shareholders. There's only 38 million shares out in the company. The lower that number is, the better the multiple on each share basis for everybody. Going well, let's quickly segue on that. Okay, so I think it's, it's 50, 50 million fully diluted. Is that right? 38 and it's 50 fully diluted. Yeah, 48. 48, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, so yeah. and you've got a whole bunch of warrants kind of coming, coming through. Um, they this... all, yeah, they, that, that's largely dried up. The only remaining right. warrants that I know of are Rob McEwen, our biggest shareholder, and management yeah. effectively. Everything else has already been exercised. Uh, right. I had right. a warrant I had a warrant exercise come in the other day for two hundred shares. <laughs> I've never seen that in my life before. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe we have largely uh, gone through the warrant overhang. So it, it all um, it all yeah, counts. It all counts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we had to buy some pencils. Right. <laughs> so, Good. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I hope nice. Okay. Okay. So, so I just wanted to quickly, quickly deal with that and get that out of the way. Okay. But then, so coming, coming back to that. So if you're saying you've got some long-term uh, institutional guys and obviously Rob uh, and, and other high net worths in there, you're attracting the longer haul retail type of guys because the story you're telling is, you know, we're still creating value here. There's, there's more, there's more money to be had down the line, probably, possibly. You couldn't say that, but I could. Um, do you experience movement and share because of liquidity and, and, and trading and volumes on a daily basis? So, you know, re retail, short term retail, tra not necessarily day trading, but is still important to an organization. You know, you're, you're 100 million bucks at the moment, right? Um, yeah. You know, and as you kind of move up through that, that value curve, those guys will still be important to you. So how in the context of what we talked about, how are you going to manage that messaging to them? You know, you, you've got to say, well, if, you know, we've got some great, great catalysts, the, 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 mm -hmm. the phrase everyone likes to use coming up this year. We're building this thing out for the future. But if you want to come in now, and get some some value created and then, and then, you know, opt out, sell out, then that, that, that's fine by us. We don't mind. You've got to have that. This is what I mean, that this kind of message mm -hmm. that you need to get mm -hmm. out there. So, are you talking to people? What are you saying to the market apart from the long-term message? What are you saying to other retail investors? Well, there's a retail, there's a component of the retail base, um, which uh, does trade in and out of the stock. So we probably have our estimate is about half of our, half of our shareholder base is in retail hands. Uh, right. And then is uh, like recently is a good example. The past few weeks we went uh, down and then we went back slingshotting back Saw up that, yeah. and uh, a lot of this is based on well short-term market fluctuations the movement in gold prices uh there was a big um takeover uh that was announced a few days ago atlantic gold for 800 million dollars so another canadian project that's being uh, purchased by um, an australian entity in that case uh so um you get m a activity that tends to be um uh, conducive to more uh, liquid trading um it it's basically it's basically a combination of factors of macro market factors 
um, gold price movements and other, you know, our, our own, our own drill results. So our drill results, they've continuously been steady. So mm. I think there's an element of fear which has been removed uh, from the shareholder base. People are typically used to seeing like, well, they had good results this time, but next time, you know, I'm really hesitant. So they have their finger on the sell trigger. I think we've got past that to a large extent because all of our news releases over the last several months have been very positive, all about growth, all about expansion. So. Um, there's ultimately, I, you know, I can't dictate. If somebody decides that they want to sell their great bear and they think that they're going to make 10 times their money tomorrow by investing in a cannabis story or something else like that, they're going to do it. Um, typically, though, what we see is, you know, and I talk to shareholders, retail shareholders daily. It's a daily a daily enterprise. So I'll see that they sell a bit of their position. They, so they keep a core position and trade in and out of the rest of it. That's typical. And uh, some retail shareholders that I know, these are smart people. Like, I mean, your comment early on about the institutional investment being um, more sophisticated. I have retail level shareholders that work in the industry that have accumulated between 1 million and 2 million shares of Great Bear over the last year. So these are technically retail people, but they are highly sophisticated. And I think on on a rough basis, I know we're about seven or eight million shares of the company sit in the hands of a few retail type people that have accumulated large positions. And it's again, it's so it's a bit of a loaded question you're asking me. So the story is um, with these people, you can trade off of gold. There always is uh, some liquidity in the stock. You can trade in and out of a position mm. um, or you can trade based on our fundamentals or a combination of both. That's entirely up to you as a shareholder. I just encourage anybody that is a shareholder to just watch what we're doing and um, let the guys in the field, the experts do their thing. They've been very successful with it so far. If we think for whatever reason, we've been lucky enough to hit the only gold on the project by randomly going in and testing these new areas. Um, that the small, we probably tested. My guess is about five percent of the area of the property so far. Mm. I mean, yeah. I'd be astonished if we had been smart enough to target the best zones or the only zones so early on in the exploration process. So as a geologist, a structural geologist, somebody with the mining background, I think there's a long way to go. That's the story that you can tell people that are interested in just the possibility that at any given time, there might be another transformative event in the company. It could happen. These areas, these districts are known for it. Otherwise, the long-term steady growth, uh, you know, the other component of our project, uh, which is uh, expanding the areas that we already know about, that generates and fuels that steady growth. The exploration component where we continually test new areas, that's that uh, possibility to have that additional blue sky. And um, both messages are appealing to the retail investor base or even the more sophisticated institutional okay. investor base. Okay, I, okay, I buy that. Um, so just to kind of finish off on a you know slightly about the, the asset, I didn't I didn't necessarily want to talk about the the asset per se, yeah. but um, but it is in the context of your strategy. So we've interviewed a, a couple of um, Canadian gold uh, players with large you know resource number of five seven million ounces. It's you can you can probably mm -hmm. work out who that might be. Um, <laughs> you know they are. They're sitting on a bit of cash. They've got some optionality in terms of you know how they play this out, this cycle out. Um, they continue to drill. Um, you know, at some point, your investors are going to want you to kind of put a red flag in the sand and say, right, okay, we're, now's the time we're going to come up with a number. Now's the time we're going to say to the market, here's what I think we've got. Because you know the, the drilling is, I, you know, I get it. 
I do get it. I think it's a great strategy. But at some point, you're going to have to, you know, pull the, pull the ripcord. And what's your sense of timing on that? You've been on it nine years. You think there's a long-term project. What, how far far would you go with the current strategy? I guess, uh, you know, with Dixie, we acquired this project um, three and a half years ago. Uh, we started drilling it uh, two years ago, and we began drilling constantly about a year ago, right? So we're a year into that process. Um, so I've been with it for a long time in terms of the company, but this project is fairly new to us, and right. it is a new kind of discovery. Mm -hmm. Comparing us to um, companies that have large resource numbers that are already public, I mean, you have to compare apples to apples. Um, you know, they have an incentive if they have, Canada is a huge country. <laughs> so you're, you're talking to our peers. Um, some of these projects are very remote, uh, right? Some of them are very expensive to build. Uh, you know, we're looking at a situation uh, with what we have where you have, with the merger of Goldcorp and Newmont in our area, right? They just made the combination. This just finalized like uh, weeks ago. So this is a very new event. The, those management teams are figuring out what they're doing with Canadian assets right now. All of the Canadian assets of Goldcorp are being evaluated by Newmont for either um, advancement or disposition. And what we're looking at here, in my opinion, remember, this is just my opinion, uh, but we're looking at a very high grade discovery just off the side of the highway, right by the power line, about a 20 minute drive from the main Red Lake gold mine. Um, I think that if we drill very aggressively uh, and we keep expanding that level of aggressive drilling at Dixie and show the size potential, we want to make ourselves as big and appealing as possible in the next several months. This is not years. This is not the multi-year process. We want to show that when decisions are being made in this district, um, you know, somebody will end up owning or consolidating all of Red Lake. It's such a big, high-grade historical mining camp. We want to make sure that we're a bit of a magnet that other decisions glom themselves around. And that's really another component of Great Bear's strategy is to make sure that in the time frame of months, not years, um, it's obvious that we are an instrumental or critical component of anybody's decision-making process so i think that gives you a little bit more color on yeah that. like i chris um like i like i've enjoyed this this conversation and i you know was keen to get to you know talk to you again um it's it's one of our you know favorite stories out there um i think people who go on croxinvestor.com so you're, you're actually number one in our ranking system so it says a lot right. Yeah, thank um, you very much. No, you've done the hard work. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, look, you know, I do encourage people to come and look at this story. We're, we're, we, we always like hearing what you're getting up to. And I think the, the strategy just stands out for, from, from, from the crowd. And I think it's the right thing to do. So um, thanks again for your time, Chris. Uh, appreciate that. And hopefully we'll see you next time you come through London. Yeah, Matthew, thanks very much. Thanks for having uh, this conversation with me again today. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.